What can I do? What can I do? Oh my. Change your situation. What can I do? What can I do? Speak to the whole nation. Hello, I'm Karen and you're listening to Real Faith Talk and this is episode five. So for this episode, I'm continuing the mental health series that I've started, um, and this is going to be part two. And in part two, I'm talking about depression. And in a segment of Karen's commentary, I'm going to be talking about Dogecoin, the underdog crypto. Oh yeah, Um, I believe this is the first time I've ever spoken about money or investments So yeah, let's get right to it. Okay, let's go. Mental health part two, depression. What is depression? Depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. Also called major depressive disorder or clinical depression. It affects how you feel, think, and behave and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. You may have trouble doing normal day-to-day activities and sometimes you may feel as if life isn't worth living. The terms depression and anxiety are often used in the same sentence as conditions that frequently occur together in the same person. While the two are separate mental health conditions, they have some overlapping characteristics, and one person can suffer from both at the same time. Understanding these two common mental health conditions is important in recognizing, treating, managing, and supporting you or someone you love who suffers from depression and or anxiety. The difference between anxiety and depression. The National Alliance on Mental Illness reports that 60% of people with anxiety also have depression. Research revealed that people with depression and anxiety both have the same low abnormal levels of activity in the areas of the brain that regulate emotional and cognitive control. But while there are some shared symptoms such as sleep problems, trouble concentrating and fatigue, The two conditions are distinct. Does depression and anxiety look the same in everyone? Well, the short answer to that question is no. Even with a long list of potential symptoms, no two people suffer from depression and anxiety in the exact same way. Depression can look like the following crying often with no known cause, no longer being interested in things you used to enjoy, 
disappearing from people and obligations abruptly, being withdrawn around people when you're generally social, being easily irritated, constantly feeling angry, crying easily about things that wouldn't usually bother you, having a hard time getting your day started or performing normal activities, getting by with doing the bare minimum due to low motivation, and neglecting duties. Depression is more than just being sad. One of the biggest myths about depression is that to be depressed, you have to be unable to function. Many people suffer while depressed in silence. Depression prohibits people from believing that they can feel better. Depression can occur for years, a few weeks, or months. People who are depressed may be unaware of their depression because their mood has become their usual way of functioning. You cannot tell whether people are depressed by looking at them. There are different types of depression. There is major depression, persistent depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, seasonal affective disorder, which is also known as SAD, psychotic depression, and situational depression. Just like there are several types of depression, there are also several factors that play a role in the cause of depression. So let's get right to the list. The first one is biological differences. People with depression appear to have physical changes in their brains. The significance of these changes is still uncertain, but may eventually help pinpoint causes. The second one is brain chemistry. The third one is hormones. And the fourth one is inherited traits. Depression is more common in people whose blood relatives also have this condition. Researchers are trying to find genes that may be involved in causing depression. There are a number of factors that may increase the chance of depression, like abuse, certain medications, conflict, death or loss, genetics, and major events. Grieving is usually linked to losing a friend or a family member, but grieving for many in recent times has been related to other circumstances like losing a job, being quarantined for months at a time, being isolated, or just simply having to adjust to all the changes we've had to face because of the pandemic. Depression symptoms in older adults. Depression is not a normal part of growing older and it should never be taken lightly. Unfortunately, depression often goes undiagnosed and untreated in older adults, and they may feel reluctant to seek help. Symptoms of depression may be different or less obvious in older adults, such as memory difficulties or personality changes, physical aches or pains, fatigue, loss of appetite, or sleep problems, often wanting to stay home rather than going out to socialize or doing new things. And the last one, suicidal thinking or feelings, especially in older men. 
as I did my research for this topic, depression, I came across what is called toxic positivity. What's that, you ask? Well, I have a definition, so here goes. The inappropriate overgeneralization of a happy or joyful state to situations that are inherently distressing and painful. Example, telling someone to cheer up after their best friend just died. What toxic positivity looks like, depression edition. Saying to someone, others have it way worse than you and they get by. This indicates you believe they're handling things poorly and you're disappointed in their efforts. Saying to someone, be grateful, you have so much going for you. This can make someone with depression feel guilty and worthless. They're often logically aware they have some good things, but depression prevents them from truly feeling this and experiencing it. Saying to someone, you're just in a rut. It happens to everyone from time to time. This minimizes their experience and again, dismisses depression as a real illness. Everyone gets sad from time to time but not everyone has depression. Saying to someone, things aren't that bad. This implies that they're being dramatic and that their feelings are invalid. Saying to someone, think positive. This is unrealistic as when depression sets in, your thoughts become distorted, filtering out anything positive. It's like telling someone to just look at the colors when they can only see black and white. Saying to someone, just smile. This implies that you don't care about another's suffering and it makes you uncomfortable. Here are the negative impacts of toxic positivity. Invalidates one's emotions makes one feel guilty for their struggle, minimizes their experience, makes one feel alone or misunderstood, increases shame, increases social withdrawal or isolation, worsens depressive symptoms, and signals that they're a burden. Now here are the alternatives to toxic positivity. Understand that while you don't relate to their suffering, it feels very real to them. Reassure them that you'll get through this together. Acknowledge depression is a real illness and healing takes time. Listen with empathy. Don't just enter a conversation with the intention to problem solve. Instead, enter it with the intention to provide a safe space that allows them to talk freely without judgment. And the last one, reassure them it's okay if they aren't articulating themselves effectively. Depression is disorientating. Positivity is great, but only when it is from a place of understanding, empathy, sincerity, 
and connection. Treatments for depression. There are antidepressants that are prescribed by doctors for some people that need assistance in managing their moods and activities from day to day. And there is also therapy. Therapy is a treatment that I personally recommend. A therapist may still be frowned upon today, even in 2021, but take the steps that are best for you and your mental health. In this day and time, for some reason, and it's very mind-boggling to me that some people are frowning upon therapists, but would rather, you know, tell three, four, five, and maybe six different people their business, their struggles, their their issues. Um, and, you know, again, to each his own. But truth of the matter is, and, and again, this is real faith talk, so I'm going to be real. Some people who you may be choosing to vent to may not want to see you win, may not want to see you come out of what you're dealing with, you know, may actually be happy that you're going through something and that maybe what you're going through sounds worse than what they're going through. Um, so again, and that's real, you know, that's, that's, that's the reality. So be very mindful of who you choose to vent to, who you choose to share your issues with, because every listening ear may not be on your side. Every listening ear may not be rooting for you to do better and be better. And again, I emphasize if a therapist is something that you need, if you feel as though you need to talk to somebody or you feel as though you have nobody to talk to, I recommend a therapist. Therapists are there to listen, connect the dots, give you insight and perspective. What does the Bible say about depression? Well, there are actually several people in the Bible who struggle with depression. Out of those several, I chose three to share on this episode. The first person is Job. Job, a rich, healthy, blessed man who was, quote, blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. But in one day, Job's life falls apart. Foreigners kill his servants and steal all of his animals, which is known as his livelihood. Then a great wind comes up and pulls down the house on his family, killing his seven sons and three daughters. And to top things off, Job ends up with boils all over his body. He ends up sharing his anguish in Job chapter 30, verse 16 through 20. He says, Depression haunts my days. At night, my bones are filled with pain, which gnaws at me relentlessly. With a strong hand, God grabs my shirt. He grips me by the collar of my coat. He has thrown me into the mud. I am nothing more than dust and ashes. I cry to you, O God, but you don't answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. You may relate to Job if you feel constant sadness. It may seem as if every day is filled with depression, or you may even believe that God is absent. The second person is Elijah. Elijah saw God do some of the most incredible things. 
But then later, he becomes overwhelmed with fear, unsure that God is going to act in the way that he wants him to. He's afraid for his life and begins to experience suffering. In the midst of that suffering, Elijah finds himself reaching the point of, quote, I don't want to live anymore. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, he cries out, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. You may relate to Elijah if you've ever thought, I am all alone. I can't take it anymore. I don't want to live anymore. There is no point. The third person is David. David wrote most of the Psalms. In chapter 6, he feels like God has turned his back on him and claims that his life is full of depression and sadness. In Psalms chapter 6, verse 5 to 7, David writes, I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. He becomes overwhelmed with sadness and unable to sleep. And yet, God calls him, quote, a man after his own heart. You may relate to King David if you've ever just felt exhausted from grief or like you can't even sleep. As I've already said, I personally recommend therapy. But I also suggest bringing all that may be weighing on you mentally to God. God understands depression, anxiety, and despair more than anyone else. Depression is nothing new under the sun to him. While there are several resources available for help, God is the source. He's the answer to every problem. The journey to mental stability shouldn't be taken alone. And while you might trust others for support, having faith and trusting in God leads to a win every time. He never loses. Before I end this segment, I have some Bible verses that I hope encourage you, whether you're dealing with depression or not, and possibly maybe you can share these verses with other people so that they can also be encouraged. The first verse comes from Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. The second verse comes from Psalms chapter 34, verse 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The next one comes from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. The next one comes from John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And the last one comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus.
Okay, it's that time once again for Karen's commentary. And I'm going to be speaking on Dogecoin, the underdog crypto. Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency branded after a viral dog meme from years ago, has hit a new all-time high. It now has a market capitalization of about $92 billion following a six-month climb of more than 26,000%. Over that same time period, the S&P was up 19%, while crypto rivals Bitcoin and Ether were up 286% and 698%, respectively. In 2013, software engineers Billy Marcus and Jackson Palmer launched the satirical cryptocurrency as a way to make fun of Bitcoin and the many other cryptocurrencies, boasting grand plans to take over the world. Maybe you've seen one too many headlines about the explosive rise in the value of Dogecoin, or heard one too many stories of someone making a life-changing profit off of the cryptocurrency, and now you're ready to get in. You might be thinking, it soared to 60 cents from under a penny just a month ago, and you don't want to miss out. In addition, while Bitcoin has a cap supply of 21 million coins, there is currently no limit to the number of coins, Doge coins that is, that can be created. And to all my investors, that information is very, very, very important to know. Please do your research. Now, when it comes to Dogecoin, now and nowadays you really can't like not hear Dogecoin and not hear the name Elon Musk. Yeah, those two names go hand in hand. It isn't totally clear when or why Dogecoin captured the heart of Elon Musk. The billionaire Tesla and SpaceX CEO has spent time talking up the coin. His tweets with sometimes oblique references to Dogecoin often send it to new record high prices. These posts have also helped drive retail investors' interests. Check this out. Elon Musk made a recent appearance on SNL on May 8th. As Elon Musk, the self-proclaimed Dodge father, made his Saturday Night Live debut, the price of Dogecoin fell off a cliff. The meme-inspired cryptocurrency fell as much as 29.5%, dropping to 49 cents at one point. Musk mentioned Dogecoin in his opening monologue and on The Weekend Update, which is SNL's satirical news show. In a Q&A, Musk called himself the Doge father and said Dogecoin was a hustle and howled to the moon, a catchphrase popular among Doge enthusiasts intent on driving the value of the cryptocurrency to $1. Now, what I find so humorous and comical in this thing is that this was happening within the first 15 minutes of SNL. I mean, SNL had just basically started and the price of Dogecoin was falling off a cliff in those first 15 minutes. Like, wow. And during the frenzied sell-off, 
several Robinhood users complained that Robinhood's crypto trading wasn't working. The company confirmed the outage on Twitter. Service was restored within less than an hour. Now, this isn't the first time Robinhood has missed out on major trading volume in Dogecoin. Last month, the trading platform said customers experienced sporadic crypto order failures during a Dogecoin rally. This is a statement that Robinhood tweeted. We're currently experiencing issues with crypto trading. We're working to resolve this as soon as possible. Oh, Robinhood, Robinhood, Robinhood. No, this isn't the first time y'all have screwed up. And shame on you once again. Get it together. Please and thank you. Okay, now let me share a little information on why Dogecoin was plummeting the way that it was. The price, I mean, just falling and falling. Well, like I've said, there was a frenzy going on of selling. Um, People were panic selling. Um, And I would assume, obviously, it was based upon what Elon was saying on SNL about Dogecoin. But along with that, uh, what accompanied that was the fact of a company had taken out a, what is a short margin position. A short margin position basically is when someone or company um, bets against that crypto or that stock. Um, And basically they make money when the stock does badly. So this company took out a short margin position and they made a lot of money because Dogecoin plummeted. Yeah. So those two elements of Elon Musk, you know, making his appearance on SNL, along with this, you know, huge short margin position, those two elements together worked against Dogecoin. Um, Yeah, and that's pretty much how, how it went down. And I myself noticed, you know, the price plummeting and falling off the cliff. And I said, what? is going on here (laughs) I was like what is happening but yeah that explains it that explains why Dogecoin was up and then it fell down now in other news regarding Dogecoin Ultra Club 11 Miami announced in April that it will now be accepting cryptocurrency as a form of payment making them the first major nightclub in the U.S. to do so. Now, when paying for tables, drinks, or merchandise, guests have the option of seamlessly paying with cryptocurrency. 11 Miami has partnered with one of the largest cryptocurrency processing companies to implement a system to process cryptocurrency purchases using Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ripple, Dogecoin, and among others. The system in place enables businesses to accept cryptocurrency as a form of payment without having to buy, own, or manage crypto. So there's that. Dogecoin is now a part of the form of payment for the first nightclub in the US to accept cryptocurrency. So regardless, If there are people saying, you know, Dogecoin is a scam, it's not legit, it's not solid, 
it's not, you know, it's not doing anything. It's useless. Well, I just read otherwise. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done my research and, I, and I've read otherwise. Um, but again, history has proven many, many times before that regardless of something being successful, um, there are always going to be the naysayers that say otherwise. Um, so I say this to anyone that is investing currently or looking to invest in the near future, please do your research. I can't say that enough. Please do your research. And also, um, me personally, I will never tell anyone what to invest in or how much to invest. That is your own personal choice, your own personal decision. But I will say this with emphasis, do not invest more than you can afford to lose, okay? Don't put your car note up for an investment, (laughs) okay? I think that's common sense, but then sometimes common sense isn't common. And I think some of us have have encountered people that lack that. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) I digress. But yeah, don't invest more than you can afford to lose. Because anytime you invest, there's there's always that risk, um, you know, that you could possibly lose. Um, You know, it's not, you know, something to play with. This, you know, this is not Monopoly money. Okay. In no way, shape, or form is this monopoly money. So, again, always make, you know, wise, you know, smart decisions. Um, and, again, do your thing. It's, it's time for the retail investor to take flight and soar. And it's time for the big wigs to buckle up and enjoy the ride. Period. Okay, we have reached the end of episode five. And before I go, I have to say happy one year anniversary to Real Faith Talk. Yes, it's been one year since I released episode one. Um, And I'm in shock. I don't know about you, but I am in shock because I just cannot believe it's been one year already. Um, But yeah, it has been. And I have to say thank you to everyone that's been rocking with me since that time. Um, I love what I do when it comes to this show. I absolutely love it. And I'm so grateful for all the support that I've received, all of the great feedback I've received. Um, You know, I'm so grateful for people who have been sharing the show, talking about the show with other people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. As always, stay safe. Stay well and keep faith at the center. You gotta listen. Yes, sir. Clearly, clearly.